Welcome to episode number 20 where we are talking about getting in the zone. I'm going to show you how to get in the zone and what it means to get in the zone and when I've been in the zone and the feelings that I got when I was in the zone and what that's actually going to do for our lives and our happiness. Enjoy. G'day folks, welcome to the Crashing Into Potential podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about resilience. That is getting back up after you have been knocked down. My name is Scott B. Harris and I'm the author of the book, Crashing Into Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that I have written and published that outlines my story of resilience after a major motorbike accident that nearly took my life. This podcast is designed to take what's inside of me and bring it out so that you can feel motivated to crash into your own potential. Brace yourself because the podcast is about to start. Congratulations, you made it to episode number 20. If you've been listening all the way along, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for that. Uh, congratulations because this episode is going to be a good one. Today I hope you are in the zone because we are going to be talking about how you can get yourself in the zone and what the zone is. Scientifically, the zone is actually uh, it's actually uh, a state of mind called flow and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So before I start, I just want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. We can never, ever, ever get time back. So for you to be spending your most valuable asset listening to this guy speak, thank you very much for that. So what is flow? Flow is a state of mind where you're doing an activity and Time feels like it's standing still, but paradoxically, time goes so fast that you barely notice the activity that you're doing. It's over before you know it. You've probably experienced this. I think we've all experienced this uh, this feeling before when we're doing something, we're so immersed in whatever it is that we're doing uh, that we forget to eat food and we forget to you know look at the time and and we probably missed an appointment or two and you know things just get so caught up and we get so focused on it that everything else everything else that's going on in our lives completely escapes us and it we have when we're in that state we've got the ability to to basically effortlessly effortlessly glide our way through whatever task it is that we're doing no matter how hard it is uh, a famous famous example of this was Michael Jordan in the 1992 playoffs the Chicago Bulls against the Portland Trailblazers. And in Michael broke a whole lot of records that game. And in the first half, he had scored scored the most... Um, uh, I forget what the record was. I think it was the most, uh, sco- most points scored in a half in a finals or something like that. Um, and he's, anyway, he scored, he scored 35 points. And this game was known as the Shrug Game. And look it up. Um, just type in, type in Google, type in Shrug Game, and I bet you it'll come up somewhere and he he was shoot he he shot th- uh six six sorry he shot six th- say that again he shot six 
three-pointers. And that was just in one half. And after his sixth three-pointer, he turned to the bench and he, and he shrugged, like as if to say, I don't know what's going on. They're all going in. And uh, in the post-match, uh, in the post-match uh, interview that he, that he did, he, he basically he said that they were they were going in as easy as as as, as free throws. Um, he said he just couldn't miss. He he said he was in the zone. He was in the zone. So this state of in the zone scientifically is 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 a state called flow. This flow state was was popular popularized by this Hungarian chap. Uh, chap named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and Mihai became very interested after World War II. So he grew up around around the end of World War II, uh, probably a little bit earlier. Uh, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he grew up around here, and he was he saw a whole bunch of adults coming home from World War II that were really really struggling to rebuild their lives, and he wondered he wondered how much. The wealth that people had really, really correlated to the happiness of humans. You see, since since the war back in the fifties, uh, the the wealth of human beings has been on an upward trajectory ever since then, um, and probably from from earlier than that. But that's where the statistics started. It's got so wealth of humans has gone up and up and up and up and up, and that's and that is taking into consideration inflation and everything. But what is very interesting is that in those statistics, there is one thing that stayed the exact same, and that is how happy human beings are. So although we've been getting more wealthy in our lives, we're not getting any happier. So our happiness levels have stayed the same. And I'd, I'd even go as far as to say that in the last in the last 10 years, ever since social media started, uh, our happiness levels have actually gone downwards. Uh, they're probably going to go back up and it's just fluctuating. But the, the general happiness levels of society has stayed the same from the 50s. Now, I want you to, you can press pause and have a good old think about it. I want you to think, if you were to, if you were to think of society in a, as a whole, since the 50s, how many people are happy people in their lives? So they're not, it's not that they're not unhappy, sorry, it's not that they're unhappy, they're, they're just not experiencing a happy time in their life. So think about that. Press pause if you need to. Okay, ready, set, go. Press pause. And now you're back. Okay, the statistics on that are 30% of the people in this world are satisfied with their life and satisfied where where they are in life and, and, and how much they're enjoying it. And this really fascinated uh, this really fascinated this bloke. So he began researching it and studying it and he's been doing it for many, many, many years. And another statistic that they found really fascinating was that the lack of basic material resources contribute to unhappiness. So if you have a lack of you don't have a car, you don't have a mobile phone, all those sort of things, a lack of those items and those resources and you're going to become happy. Uh, sorry, you're going to become unhappy. But the interesting part to this is that an increase of material material resources are not going to contribute 
to your happiness. So wealth on its own does not contribute to happiness at all. And this is just what the statistics tell us. Yeah, they might, they might, they, wealth might make us happy for that, for that, you know, that six months that we've just bought a brand new car or a brand new boat and we're getting, you know, getting, having lots of fun with it. But over time, that, that happiness levels is going to keep, it's going to go straight back down. It's going to plateau. So once our basic needs are met, statistically, we're not going to be any happier the more things we buy. Now, with with wealth, with wealth probably comes that feeling of accomplishment in achieving the goals that got us that wealth in the first place. And that's where the happiness is coming from. Happiness is not coming from the money itself. Now, Mihai wanted to understand how it was that human beings could feel happy in their everyday lives without having to get all this materialistic stuff. So to begin, he started studying um, started studying people like artists and, and musicians and painters and all those sort of people and understanding what it was that was worth spending their, their entire lives for which they didn't expect any fame or any fortune as a result, but at the same time made their lives meaningful. So what was it that these people were doing that made them so, so happy? And I'll tell you what, there is an abundance of information out on the internet that'll tell you exactly how to how to get into this state and things that you can do to find this this state of mind. I'm actually just going to give you uh, some some things to recognize in yourself when you are in that state so that way when you're in that state you can say yep boom i'm in flow right now so to get uh, to get into the state of flow we don't have to like the artists and the musicians and those poets and all those people that get into flow quite regularly we don't need to acquire anything externally it's all a state of mind which is what we're going to be talking about today now I want you to, before we go on, uh, press pause if you need to, I want you to think of a time in your life when you when you felt this feeling of timelessness. So you might have been, that, that might have been when you were in the zone and all of a sudden you forgot to eat lunch and then it's dinner already and time just got away from you. This way you'll be able to relate to the things that I say and you can relate them back to your experience. So think of it, press pause right now. All right, you can come back. Back we are. When I was traveling, I got into this state of mind, this state of flow. On, I got I got in that state quite often. Uh, it, it sort of first happened when I was snowboarding uh, in Canada. I would always, when I was going down the mountain, I would always, uh, I would always just get swept up in how much fun I was having and how much enjoyment I was having that I would quite often forget to stop and forget to go and eat lunch. Uh, another time was was when I was traveling around a foreign city and I was taking photos and I used to take, uh, I was taking photos of absolutely anything, um, anywhere that I, that, I, that I was going and I would get into all the nooks and the crannies of, of the city and this just 
oh, this just so intrigued me. It even intrigues me doing this when I when I go into Melbourne and, and, and take photos. But on on the other side of the planet and I'm going around the city looking at all this stuff that's brand new. Really, really fascinated me. Another time that I found myself in uh, in this state was even just when I was getting from A to B from country to country. So A in one country to B in another country. I was so immersed in, in the task at hand that my brain, it could not process reality uh, because I was so preoccupied with the journey uh, in, 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 in what I was doing. Now this, the reason that my brain and nobody else's, uh, everybody else's brain uh, cannot process um, process reality when you're in a state of flow is because the human brain can only process about 110 bits of information per second. And all of those bits of information were being, when I was traveling around, were being taken up by the things that I was doing. So making sure that that I didn't miss my train, making sure that I had enough time to get here, making sure that my passport was where it needed to be, my wallet was still there, my phone was there, making sure that I didn't do anything wrong and making sure that all my ducks were in a line. I would, I would, I would completely be immersed in that. What's really interesting is when you're listening to somebody talk, uh, they're spitting out about, about 60 bits of information. So if if you're listening to somebody talk, if you're listening to two people talk at once, that is 120 bits of information that's coming your way. This is why we can't exactly multitask. So you can listen to two people once. You could be on the phone to someone and listen to another conversation if you want, but you are not going to be putting 100% effort into the phone conversation and 100% effort into, uh, into the conversation that you're having. So when I was traveling, you know, when I was traveling and I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that all my ducks are in a line, that, that 120 bits of information are all taken up. So I was completely lost for time when I was, when I was in this state. Now, you're probably, you, you may have been someone that's done the exact same thing I've done and traveled around the world and, 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 and maybe not found, it, found this sort of stuff as enjoyable as I did. But the reason I found this so enjoyable was because it was only it was only four years earlier that my brain was so damaged that I couldn't even tell you the date of Christmas. So to imagine that I'd even be able to do something as technically challenging as as getting my getting myself from from one country to another country on the other side of the planet on my own was hard to imagine and appearing like it would would have been a completely unrealistic expectation so that's why i found it so enjoyable just taking care of myself uh, i guess it was the same also with the snowboarding because you know four years earlier i i i couldn't even stand on my own i needed i needed I needed people to help me even just stand on my own two feet. So to think that I could get myself down a mountain on a snowboard on this on the other side of the planet in Canada was a real stretch as well. So how do we get into this state of flow? Well, believe it or not, there's actually a science to it. And 
this is why this is why we can sometimes uh, do an activity um, and you get into into the zone uh, quite easily but with others you don't actually get into the zone and you probably never thought about it but there's there's a, there's a reason why you're not getting into the zone in every activity that you're doing I'll put a graph up 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 on the show, up on the show notes on my website that is a really good graph that you can look at that explains exactly what I'm saying um, for all of those visual uh, those visual lear- those visual learners out there. So to start, you need to you need to be doing an acti- an activity that is meaningful to us. So we need to be doing something that means a lot to us. The me traveling around the world meant so much to me because this was something that I didn't imagine I'd ever be able to do. You most likely can't get into the state of flow, say, doing the dishes, uh, unless you're known as like the human dishwasher and you absolutely love scrubbing those dishes completely clean. You're not gonna find yourself in flow anytime soon. So it has to be it has to be meaning meaning to you. Traveling around the world, as I said, after after years of rehab and where I'd come from was such an achievement to me that it was easy to get into flow. And the same thing with the snowboarding. And the second second factor is that this activity has to be equal part challenging to equal part doable. So the challenge has to be high, but you also have to have the skills to match. If the task is too challenging uh, for our for our skill levels, we will start to feel very anxious. But if the task is too easy for our skill levels, we will still we, we will start to get into a state of relaxation um, and a state of boredom. Relaxation, we're not really gonna we're not gonna achieve anything in that state. Now, when both both the challenge is low and the skill levels are low, uh, this is when we start to feel like we're in a state of apathy and too much apathy and we're going to go straight into depression now we find uh we we feel apathy and look apathy is different to relaxation relaxation is what you do after a hard day at work and you get home and you sit down on the couch and you put your feet up and you relax too much relaxation will lead to apathy apathy for those of you don't know is a state where you become really uninterested in what's going on in the world and what's going on in your life. So if you do too much of that, this is what's going to lead you to depression. We need to find the sweet spot to experience flow. And this sweet spot is when when we're doing an activity that is very challenging, but at the same time, we've got the skills to match it. And the funny thing is, if you experience flow, and I'll tell you about uh, when I experienced it and what I was feeling in a sec, but when you experience it, your cognition is really, really heightened. Uh, when I was traveling, uh, traveling from A to B in 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 a, in a foreign country, my sense of awareness was so high, and I was so aware of absolutely everything around me. And this is how I know that I was in a state of flow because my memory is 
uh, my memory when I was traveling would be absolutely on point. My organization skills would be on point and everything would just basically run like clockwork. And this was, this was what, what flow, flow felt like to me. This, this feeling was really defined and I could, I could always tell when I was in flow there, not that I knew what flow was, but when I think back to it, I can tell that, yeah, I was in flow at that point because it was such a contrast. My memory and my organization skills and everything was such a contrast to my everyday life. So I could be, it could be any given day and I would forget a million and one things. But for some reason, when I was on the other, when, when I was on the other side of the world and I was traveling around a city and I had a, a million and one things to, to take care of, like my passport in my, you know, my passport in my bag, my wallet was there, my phone was there, the directions that I'm going, the, the, the train timetable that I'm following, everything. There was so much that I had to think about, but it was just so easy for me to do because I was in a state of flow. And as I said, I didn't realize this was the state that I was in back then. But after reading up on it, this is just, it, it fits it fits my situation perfectly. And the best thing about this is that we can totally hack it. Research uh, has been done on, there was research done on like 8,000 people uh, from a, an array of different cultures, different ages, different abilities, etc., etc. And they found that there were seven key factors that were present when someone is experiencing flow. So the first factor that has to be present was that they are completely focused on what they're doing. So they're, they're, they're not trying to, I guess, not trying to multitask and not, not getting distracted on anything, anything else. They are completely 100% focused on the task at hand. And the second thing that was present was that they all felt as though they were out of their body and I guess somewhat floating effortlessly above themselves. The third was that they had 100% clarity in what they were doing. And this I can really relate to because when I was feeling flow, when I was traveling around the world, I just completely knew exactly what I was doing at every moment of the, every stage of the process. Uh, I had 100% clarity in, in everything I was doing. The fourth factor that was present was that they knew that they had the skills to complete the task. So I knew that I all the, all, the, all the skills that I needed for traveling, I knew that I had those skills uh, after, after I'd been doing them for quite a while and I could get myself into this flow state on quite easily because I, I had those skills to match. It mightn't have happened, I think, I guess the, the first time I got off the airplane after I left Australia, uh, that, you know, it, I, I wasn't experiencing that state. I was actually probably more so experiencing uh, anxiety uh, at that point. But after I got into my groove and I started to really learn how to travel well and how to travel on my own, that was when I could find the state of flow quite easily. The fifth point is that they, the fifth thing that was present was that they were completely focused on the, on the task at hand and they were not focused on themselves at all. So that feeling of selflessness. Now this is why we can, we can, we can do something in, in flow 
and a long time can pass and we can completely forget to eat food because we're not thinking about ourselves. So that's what uh, that's what that that feeling of selflessness feels like. The sixth uh, the sixth factor is about timelessness, and I guess this ties in with the first fact, uh, the, the the fifth factor, timelessness. When we are in flow, uh, hours can pass us by in the blink of an eye. A contrast to that, uh, think about a clock and imagine watching a, the second hand go around the clock for a whole hour. Imagine how long that would feel like it's taking. Well, when you were in flow, that hour, that exact same hour of time, that exact same, that exact same, uh, that exact same period of time is over before you know it. And that's because you're not focusing on the time anymore. You're focusing on the task at hand. Now, the seventh factor that was present was that there was an intrinsic motivation. So flow is present when the reward is the task itself. So it's not the task you're going to get. Sorry, the, 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 the award that you're going to get, the reward that you're going to get from doing the task. It is the task itself. So for me, it wasn't traveling around the world. It wasn't, it wasn't because when I was going to get to, the, get to the next location, I was going to get a pot of gold. It was the, the whole time I was doing the task. It was so exciting just because I was doing the task, if, if that makes sense, if you can, can understand. So if all those seven factors are present, uh, that, is, that is when we are going to, going to be experiencing a state of flow. This might be in sport, this might be in, in the arts, this might be while you're singing, while you're playing the, the guitar, painting, drawing, uh, traveling around the world, building a treehouse, uh, negotiating a major business deal. Uh, whenever, whenever you're in the zone, that is when you are in flow. Now think back to your example and see how many of the how many of these factors were present when when you were completing completing that task or playing that sport or doing whatever it was that you were doing to get into that state of mind. We've just about run out of time, uh, but I'll. But I've put up a, a stack of info in the show notes because this is one of the most fascinating psychological states that has ever been researched. And I'll tell you what, there is a stack of research done on it. And there, there's so much more information than, than I can tell you in, uh, a, in a, a half an hour podcast. I mean, this guy has been studying it for many years. So I'll put some information in my show notes that you can have a look and you can delve a bit deeper into it. Because once you can control your mind, you can control the way you live your life. Uh, if you get into this state while doing something you love doing, that stuff is absolutely game-changing. So I hope you've, uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please help me spread the word. Share this podcast with your best mate, with your mum, with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your dad, your little brother, your little sister, your grandma. If I've got any grandmas that are listening out there, welcome. Welcome to you all. And thanks for taking the time to tune into my podcast. Makes me feel a little bit humbled. 
Oh, and before I forget, shout out to you, Rebecca. Thanks for sending me the message, sending me the love. I appreciate it. And everyone else that keeps sending me the messages, thank you very much. Between now and next week, I would like you to do something to make this world a better place. Please pay it forward. And we can all live in this world together. Even if we do have this virus, I'm actually the reason, one of the reasons, and I'm, I'll let you go in just a sec. One of the reasons why I'm so happy and so excited right now is because it was only yesterday that we, the government told us that we are officially out of lockdown. So now there are beers all around. Okay, that's it. No more. I'm out. See ya. So that's it for today. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button so you do not miss an episode. Better still, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. See you in the next episode.